I'm just an ordinary woman with an extraordinary God Mm. who's given me an extraordinary life. And for that, I'm thankful. I'm so thankful for all the, the opportunities that God gives me. And I pray that I would continue to be bold and to continue to point um, volunteers or visitors, point them towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, a podcast taking you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and I'm so excited you've joined me today. We're introducing a brand new type of episode. Occasionally, we will begin sharing a special feature called Ordinary People Serving an Extraordinary God. These are ordinary men and women who've been called by God to do extraordinary things. They serve in various parts of the world with different gifts and ministries, but the one thing is the same. They are surrendered to Jesus and they wanna share the gospel in all that they do. These men and women, they don't want attention and they're rarely in the spotlight. And so you wouldn't get to know them if it weren't for this podcast. And so we wanna take the time to introduce you to these people. If you've been listening for a while, you know that's, that on the podcast, we give overviews of the work that Samaritan's Purse is doing on the ground. But in these special episodes, we're gonna dive deeper into the hearts of the people that God has called to serve. The first person I wanna introduce you to is personal to me. Her name is Marg Baker, and I'm grateful to have served with her when I was newly married. A few weeks with Marg radically changed my life and continues to inspire me today. Marg truly creates a ripple effect with everyone she comes in contact with, and she's been such an advocate for the kingdom of God for almost 20 years in Thailand. Marg Baker is the director of Mercy Ministries Children Homes in Thailand a Samaritan's Purse partner where hundreds of abandoned and orphaned children receive physical care and assistance in a nurturing environment, and they have the opportunity to learn about God's love for them and His plan for their lives. I can't wait for you to get to know Mark better today. Well, my name is Mark Baker, and I was born in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. At the time, I was employed with the airlines in Calgary and had always had heard about the work Samaritan's Purse was doing in Thailand and had many friends who were involved and had been to the uh, orphanages in Northern Thailand. And so I remember I was at the airport checking people in and getting them ready to go to Thailand and in my heart thinking, oh, maybe one day, maybe one day the Lord will send me and I can volunteer. So I did have a a good plan. It was a good plan, but it wasn't God's plan. Mm -hmm. I had planned that I would go and volunteer for four months. They were offering leaves of absences at work. And thought, well, this would be a good time for me to go over and and work with those kids in Thailand. I had recently heard about about the work that was happening in northern Thailand. And a friend of mine who had gone over with Samaritan's Purse um, in much detail told me about the children. And I remember thinking, what is it that I could do for these kids? And at that time, I wasn't able to go over. And I just knew that I was going to pray. As God put these kids on my heart, I would pray about it. And so for on and off for about four years, as God led me to pray, I prayed for these kids. And then came the day that I was able to go over and volunteer. And like I said, it was a good plan, but it wasn't God's plan. When I arrived in Thailand, um, I felt like I'd gone to the end of the earth plus 50 miles. Mm-hmm. It seemed it seemed very far away. And I had just had my uh, my first grandchild. 
and my son had just got married. My daughter was married. And, and so I had, I had a life in Canada. While I was working in Thailand, Rose Martinez, who's the founder of Mercy Ministries, asked me if I would um, consider quitting my job in Thailand and, and moving there and running the baby home that had just been built. I remember being kind of aghast at it and thinking, well, no, I was only coming for four months. Mm -hmm. But as I read God's word and sought him in prayer every day, I knew that God was asking me to do that. Mm -hmm. And I knew in my heart that I wanted to be obedient to the Lord and realizing that he had a much better plan for my life. So I virtually just kind of came home and quit my job, tried to quit my job. They said to me, why don't you just take a leave of absence for a year? Mm-hmm. But I knew that God had called me. And I knew that I didn't want to keep a job that somebody else could have. But more importantly, I wanted to be found obedient and faithful to him. So came home and told my married children and uh, that I was moving to Thailand. And that's how I, how I got there. Mm. I've heard that story, but it, it just always makes me cry. And I love the way <laughs> you said a good plan, but then, it, you know, God's plan. Mm-hmm. How we... You know, Proverbs 16, 9 says in a, you know, man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. You know, I think that's what I want people to hear. You live a life of Mm -hmm. surrender um, to God. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you want, God? Not what I want. And Mm -hmm. that that you truly, Mark, die to yourself daily. You know, it's that he must increase, I must decrease. And and watching you, I mean, again, I only lived with you for a couple of weeks, but yeah. you impacted my whole life. Oh. Because, and again, I'm seeing even now effects of, of having spent time with you, just times oh. where God's teaching me, die to yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and not what you want. And so you mentioned Mercy Ministries, you, mer- you mentioned the baby's home, but maybe for people listening that don't know anything that Samaritan's Purse supports this, can you mm-hmm. describe this ministry to us and how you are in partnership with Samaritan's Purse? Uh, we have four homes in Northern Thailand, um, children's homes. We have another one in Southern Thailand near uh, in a place called Panga. And uh, then we have a, a project also in Cambodia that we have a school that has over 400 children, um, Christian school, which is wonderful. And then we have a home there as well. And uh, when I first went, like I told you, when I first went to Thailand, I went on on my own. I remember people, I remember going to church and people saying to me, "Um, who did you come here with? And I said, Rose. And they said, no, who did you come here with? And I, I didn't understand that. And finally they said, what organization are you with? Who brought you here? Hmm. And I simply just replied, God, because at that time I'd come on my own. Mm-hmm. But later on, when the home, the baby home was finally opened, when I got to Thailand, my job, I worked on the baby home. So what I did is I did grouting and, and outside work. And it was really, really a difficult time. First of all, I didn't have any language. And it was about 40 degrees every day, which was really hard. But I knew I knew that God had called me there for his purpose and that I thought to myself, I don't know how to grow, but I know, I know Jesus within me can help me do this, do this. And I so wanted, I so wanted to do a good job, not knowing that I would be living in that home. Mm-hmm. And so um, Samaritan's Purse had sent over some people over, some donors that had, had come alongside us and Samaritan's Purse had built that baby home. And uh, it was on that day when God spoke to my heart through his word. And I knew that I was going to live there. And, and the work, I remember doing the grouting and 
one of the baby's rooms and thinking, wouldn't it be wonderful to be here when, when those babies came? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that God smiled because since that time, we've had 56 babies go through that, that home. And uh, Samaritan's Purse has come alongside us in many different ways, whether it be with, with buildings and, and um, vehicles, different things that would just help with the work that's to be done with the children. And um, the one thing I love more than anything about being um, with Samaritan's Purse is that um, we, can, we can give those children, we can give them a safe home to live, and that's very important. We can give them education. Mm-hmm. But the same as Samaritan's Purse Mercy Ministry, we're, we're founded in biblical ministry. And we want to raise these children to be the future leaders, the future army, mm-hmm. um, bringing the gospel to Thailand. So same like when you came, the most important thing to me with volunteers, and we've had many, many volunteers at our homes, is I can, I can give you Thai food. I can show you around the countryside. I can give you work to do to come alongside the children in Thailand. But if I haven't pointed you towards Jesus Christ or told you the gospel, because many of our visitors are non-Christians, then I really haven't given you anything. Mm-hmm. So the most important thing to me, you say when you came, that that your life was your little selfish and different things, but I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. I just saw this sweet, sweet young girl who had just got married and her husband had been deployed and you had called me and said, could I come to Thailand? Mm-hmm. And some ministries want you to commit to a certain length of time. Mm-hmm. Our ministry doesn't. Because two weeks in the hands of God is a long time. Mm-hmm. And I get to come alongside and just be a part of kingdom work or discipleship, whatever that might be in that person's life. I don't often know that person. And so excited, it's so exciting to me to be able to sit back and watch God at work in the heart of, the heart of our volunteers and of course, of our children. Mm-hmm. That is also true. And I think, yeah, like I said, you made an impact on my life for forever. Um, but so not only volunteers that come through, but these these babies who grow up. And and yeah. at the time, I remember because Edward and I talked about this. You know, we said, <laughs> oh, maybe we can. You know, he said we can adopt. Um, but at the time, and I don't know if it's still the case, you didn't. They wouldn't allow an international mm-hmm. adoptions. You wanted those children to grow up in Mm -hmm. Thailand, you know, as essentially evangelists, you know, they were discipled Mm -hmm. in this home and loved and then sent forth to love their own Mm -hmm. people. Um, So you have created a ripple effect for the kingdom because like you said, you don't waste any encounter. Samaritan's Purse staff runs projects all over the world and they're often the ones that we spotlight on this podcast. But Samaritan's Purse also supports and equips other ministries. We're supporting hospitals, orphanages, churches, and this is one of those that we support. 1 Corinthians 3, 6-9 talks about being co-laborers for the gospel. I want to read it. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. And each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God, God's co-workers. You are God's field, God's building. It is a joy to be a co-worker, a co-laborer with Mercy Ministries. What has God taught you living in a foreign land? Because I agree, it felt like the end of the earth because I had never <laughs> been to Asia prior to that trip. And I had lived in Europe as a kid 
And that didn't seem as foreign to me, you know, because mm-hmm. roadsides, everything, the alphabet, yeah. there's similarities and the food, but Asia is completely different. So what has mm-hmm. God taught you being on foreign soil? And I think your reliance and your dependence on him grew, but mm-hmm. what, what has he taught you over the many years of living in a foreign land? You know, when I, when I first, whenever anybody goes to a foreign land, a foreign land, it's always the language. During that time, God showed me also that when we exchange our life for his, it's up to him where he sends us. It's up to him where we serve him. And it's not always a place that we would, would be first pick on our list. But, but in doing so, when we pick up our cross and deny ourselves, we do follow him to wherever he takes us. And so when I was first in Thailand, I remember having my Bible, the Holy Spirit, and how my room um, became where God taught me. That's where the Holy Spirit was going to teach me about the Bible. Mm-hmm. I knew that I needed to have a foundation in God. And how was I going to know God better? Is by studying the Bible. And I'm so thankful for those days when I think of it. Um, I was always the first one up in our home, out on our, our deck, as you remember. And uh, it was just a time to start to spend time with God. It was so important for me to meet him first before I, I met anybody else. Um, it had to be early morning because of all of our babies and all of our children. But, but when I look back in those days, Christy, even when you were there, those children that were there that you worked with and, and, and uh, Sissy, um, they're now the oldest children's children in the homes. And so when I look at them and see what God's done in their life, mm-hmm. some of our children, as you know, Southeast Asia is a hard place for women, for children. And yet I have seen, God says in his words, I will heal your broken heart mm-hmm. and bind up your wounds. And if I shared some of the stories of the children, many of them were so broken. We have mm-hmm. older children as well who come to us, maybe they're seven or eight years old. Some of the things that they have experienced is just heartbreaking. And yet I have got to witness firsthand God's work in their hearts. The Christian Happy Homes Program operates six homes in Cambodia and Thailand for children who would otherwise be living in poverty or on the street. The Happy Homes cares for them from infancy to age 19 in a safe, secure, and loving home. Loving these children who were victims of everything from the AIDS epidemic, sexual assault, the booming drug trade, and human trafficking. In addition to providing care, Children's Happy Homes operates a school in a slum area, the only educational institution available to many of these children. Marg and the team continue to exhibit dedication and passion to educating children the world has overlooked. The team truly provides leadership training to the children as they mature. They can rise up in leadership capacities in their communities. And many of the staff members at the Children Happy Homes are individuals who grew up in these homes. They attended post-secondary school, and then they chose to return to build into the next generation. This is a true testimony to the impact of the project in the lives of the children. And to see these children that are filled with joy. I just received pictures um, Easter Sunday, and children who were, were tiny when you were there, just got baptized and how they stepped out in faith and with pure understanding of what they were doing, they chose 
they chose to be baptized and to follow God. And so just brought tears to my eyes when I think I get to be a small part in their life, mm-hmm. even in like volunteers and the people that visit. It's part of kingdom, kingdom work. And there's no greater joy than being able to, to just tell somebody about Jesus. I had, I had one girl, a volunteer that came from Virginia. She came to our home and she came with a team. And it was just a great week of great worship and great work with the kids. And every one of them loved it. And the night before she went back, she came into my room and she said, I've been going to the same church my whole life. My parents were married there. My grandparents were married there. And she says, they all think I believe. I don't, she said, not until I came here. God brought me all the way to Thailand to show me how much he loved me. And he said, uh, she said, I'm. I'm a Christian now. She said, let's just pray together. She said, I just want to thank God. I came for the adventure of Thailand. I was the first one to sign up. And yet God did that great work in her heart. And, and I, like I say, I got to be a small part of that. So being part of kingdom work, there's, there's no greater joy. You, God will bring people. We just need to be faithful in, in being ready and being bold mm-hmm. to tell them about the love of Jesus. Whether he wants to drop them out of the sky or bring them in on an airplane, it doesn't matter. To be faithful, to tell people and to share our belief in, in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. God, God brings people. God brings people to us. So it doesn't matter where we are. I do the same things here in Canada that I do in Thailand. Always looking, always watching. But more importantly for myself is growing in mm-hmm. the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the same Christian I was last month. Mm-hmm. I want to be forever growing in him and knowing him more. Mm-hmm. I know that's what I, I love about you because it's so true. And um, so talk to me about, I feel like I love missionaries, you know, people that are willing to leave, like we said, the comforts of their mm-hmm. home and their family for somewhere else. And I think of, you know, Aileen Coleman and so many people I've gotten to yeah. meet that when they're here, they long for their life, you yes. know, where they, mm-hmm. so you have two worlds almost. And I think it gives you such a, eternal glimpse because that's what we are as believers you know we are not of this world we should be longing for heaven for Mm -hmm. for christ and like you said longing to share others with others about that we want people to Mm -hmm. come with us so we should have that anyways but i think unfortunately so many of us become complacent and And when we're willing all about us so talk to me about how having two worlds almost because I'm sure being back in Canada, you long mm-hmm. and miss those children and yes. you've got videos mm-hmm. and pictures and, and they're your kids in a way. Mm-hmm. So how, what is that like, that tension of wanting to be, you know, in two worlds at the same time? I, I think, I think more than anything, I come back, I come back to Canada once a year and I have, um, I have a son and a daughter and my, of course, my, my daughter-in-law and my son-in-law, and I have four wonderful grandchildren who I just, simply adore I remember thinking oh I'm so far away from them Mm -hmm. but when I look at it every year that I come back I have those great moments those great times with them because God God has he has honored me in my grandchildren's hearts even though I live thousands of miles thousands and thousands of miles away um, they remember me I'm still always able to talk with them um, speak truth into their life about the Lord Jesus. That the miles don't separate that. Mm. And so, even when I'm in, when I'm here, of course, I miss my my Thai family. But more than that, 
wherever we're at, wherever we're at is where we serve our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. But God didn't take me to Thailand to be devastated and homesick. Mm -hmm. He took me there to serve him. And in doing that, there's great joy, no matter, no matter where I'm at. I think when I think about it, I've had, I've had long enough in Thailand where, of course, it is my second home. We belong to the family of God. Mm -hmm. And so wherever we go, we have brothers and sisters. So I'm just, I'm just thankful that, uh, that I got to be a part and still am a part of the kids' lives in Thailand. We, we have kids that have grown up in our homes now that are on our young leaders. Mm -hmm. And we come alongside them more, more to disciple. Like Rose and I were talking and saying how wonderful it was that, that God has given us homegrown kids to lead, to lead the homes now. That uh, these children, these children were orphans. One of our uh, young men, which I, he said, "Now I understand why God made made me an orphan. It's so that I could be an orphan with the orphans." And mm -hmm. as the leader, he speaks truth into the children's lives. He is an orphan, and he has a heart for orphans. So, what a, what a wonderful person to have in leadership. Mm -hmm. Many of our children uh, go on to school or Bible school. This year, we have kids in Bible school in Bangkok and. Some are in university. One of our girls, Jen, she's studying law. And her heart's desire is she wants to be an advocate to women and children mm -hmm. that, are, that have been. We have a lot of human trafficking where I'm from. A lot of uh, children are bought and, bought and sold. And this is where her heart's desire is. Mm -hmm. But I remember when she went off to school, the most important thing to her was, she said to me, my tiny is Malik. And she said, Bamali, just pray. I want to be able to tell people about Jesus at law school. And I thought, how wonderful. She said, I'm, I'm going to be a lawyer, but I'm a Christian lawyer. Mm. She said, I'll be able to tell people about Jesus. So, so how wonderful is that to be a part of that kind of work, watching, watching God take these children. They, they grew up in our homes. Many of them he brings back on staff. I think we have about 13, 12 or 13. I'm not sure exactly. I have to sit down and count each one, but they've, they're homegrown. And one of our girls, she's gone off to be an accountant and she runs our foundation. My prayer has always been for the children that they don't belong to me mm. and they don't belong to Mercy Ministries. They belong to the Lord Jesus. Mm. And so my prayer for them is always that God would place them in a place that would bring him the most glory. That's the most important thing. Marg radiates Christ in all that she says and does. I've never witnessed anyone that is more tender, surrendered, and obedient to the Lord. She lives a life giving back to God all that she has. She doesn't hold anything back. Her life and devotion reminds me of Mary in the Gospels. Mary held nothing back. She gave all that she had to worship Jesus and prepare Him for His burial. Matthew 26, 6-13 says, While Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman approached him with an alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume. She poured it on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw it, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This might have been sold for a great deal and given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a noble thing for me. You always have the poor with you, but you, will not, you do not always have me. By pouring this perfume on my body, she has prepared me for burial. Truly, I tell you, whoever the wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, 
what she has done will be told in memory of her. Can you maybe describe to people, introduce us to Thailand and the Thai people and, and who, you're, who you're ministering to for people that well, don't where, I, where I live, I live in northern Thailand. So I'm close to the Mekong River, mm-hmm. across from Laos, um, just around the corner from Myanmar, not too far. Um, each, each child that comes to us has a different story. Mm-hmm. Some children were abandoned. Some children are true orphans, meaning they have no no families. Um, but when I when I see the kids now and see how how they've grown in the Lord, and one one of our older girls said to me one time, I don't know why people call me orphans because because I'm not. I belong to the the greatest family in the world. I belong to the the family of God. So getting back to the people that are in Northern Thailand, um, we have lots of different hill uh, tribe churches. I've been to. I visited some villages that are like walking through National Geographic. Hmm. It's just like you get up to one time I went to this place. It was the most remote place that I've ever been to in my life. It was on the Burmese border. And when I went into this village that was a lot of thatched roofs and and small, very small houses and homes, the biggest building in that village was a church. And I remember going to that church, not understanding one word because it was a it was a Lahu village. But there they were singing, how great thou art, mm-hmm. amazing grace in their tribal language and thinking, this is one of the most remote places I've ever been. And here is God at the work in the hearts of these mm-hmm. people. In the Northern Thailand, people, people there, to be Thai is to be Buddhist. So we're looking at maybe 95% of the population of 70 million are Buddhists. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they say Christians are only 0.4.5%. It depends what book you read. But mm-hmm. people have been, been involved in animism and spiritism. And yet, like I say, I went to a village one time and there was we had a team from Australia. And they built uh, toilets and brought the water line in. And we had a local pastor there who presented the gospel at the same time. And after that, the, the, the head of the village came and he said, God, any God that cares about my people and ourselves and even water and toilets, we want to know more about this God. Mm-hmm. And the, the local pastor presented the gospel and the people accepted the Lord. The majority of the people came forward and wanted to know more and accepted Jesus. Mm-hmm. They, they burnt um, instruments that they used to worship their false gods and they built a church. And I've since been back to that village and they, they greet you as a brother and sister in Jesus Christ. So to me, it's so amazing. Like I said, in the most remote places, there's God at work in the hearts of the people. So you understand more about uh, the percentage. And like never before, we've seen the churches um, more in unity, mm-hmm. not so against each other, but more in unity and loving and caring for each other. So over the years, I've seen some wonderful things that God has done in the church of Thailand. Hmm. Thank you. And then speaking, and you've, you've mentioned it as we've talked about these, these kids coming from, you know, these vulnerable children, some are true yeah. orphans, some are, some do have mm-hmm. family. Um, talk to me about what God has done in your heart and to you personally working with, with orphans, because I think for me, adopting our son has taught me more about the adoption into God's family than even before. 
you know? So how has, how has that changed your faith? Um, and then how have, I guess, the, I, I know, cause I know these children have impacted you, you know, yes, you have impacted them, but they have impacted you. Mm-hmm. How have yes. they, I guess, working with them, changed your relationship with the Lord? Well, James one twenty seven says, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit the orphans and widows in their trouble and keep oneself unspotted from the world. So when I first arrived in Thailand, uh, we were building the house, of course, and then the baby started to come. And each each one, some um, some of my first babies were, um, were AIDS orphans. Uh, some of them were, uh, their parents had HIV. And so you just, you just had a broken heart for some of these children. Some of them were abandoned. And like I said, some children were even, even had been sold. So that was a real heartbreaking part for, for me when I first arrived there. Of course, we read about it and we hear about it. But when you actually see, mm-hmm. I remember going into Cambodia and with some missionaries and they were taking us to the village they were involved in. And there was a group of young children, young, young children, maybe up to the age of 10 girls. And they had just been returned to the village. And they had been been taken by some Asian men and been at their disposal, disposal for two weeks. And I remember going and seeing these children and my heart broke. And in that moment, I think I, I doubted everything even I believed in because I thought, how can this help? happened to babies and in that same moment in the next little hut there was children singing Jesus loves me this I know Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking yes Jesus is their only hope Mm -hmm. the scripture says God says I will heal your broken heart and bind up your wounds and I got to see that I got to see that in in the lives of children that have come to our home so how did it impact me in a very difficult way because Mm -hmm. to to see the faces of these young children that have been used and abused, you you can't help but be heartbroken. We didn't have we didn't have children psychologists or or twelve um, step programs or all those things that the Western world will offer, mm-hmm. but we had Jesus mm-hmm. and our children and the lives of other children. They allowed God. They allowed God to heal the broken hearts. And I, I've, I've seen that in each one of their lives. So sometimes we feel uh, hopeless and we think, what can we do? Mm-hmm. But what we can do is tell them about Jesus. These children, once they lay, ha- lay, lay hold of the truth of who Jesus Christ is, then we see their hearts are, their hearts are healed and God binds up their wounds and they continue on in a life following Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure some take longer than others because I know it, I can't yeah. imagine having that trauma and mm-hmm. I, I just can't imagine. But is there a story, is there a story you can share of a child that truly was transformed um, before your eyes? I know there's many, mm-hmm. but is there oh, anything you can share? You're right. There's so many. One of our girls, when I first got there, she had lost both of her parents um, to AIDS. And she was staying with her with her mom, her grandma, and her grandfather. And the grandfather, grandmother, had said that the grandfather was ill and would soon die. And she was so concerned about this this little girl who was only 
16 months at the time because their relatives had wanted to sell her. Mm. And she asked us if we would take her, which we did. And she was one of the original, original group of babies that I had. And uh, when this, this young girl, as she grew, she's now in her 20s and studying at university, mm-hmm. um, doing a degree. Uh, her, her heart was always, she loved to be a Christian Happy Homes. That was our original name under Mercy Ministries, Christian Happy Homes. Um, it was a family. She had brothers and sisters, but as she got older, she she had many questions about what had happened to her and why why she was at why she'd come to our our home. But after talking with her, and she accepted she accepted Jesus at an early, at an early age, and then continued on to be discipled. And even when uh, Franklin came, she was one of the one of the girls, the high school girls. That as soon as uh, Franklin invited us to his festival. She wanted to bring her friends from from the the school, so she did bring them. And I remember we went to the festival, and and her friend, her dearest friend, accepted Jesus and still to this day goes to church. She was so excited to to see this happening, and she wanted to be used by the Lord. But like I said, she she felt like she had been abandoned as a child. But, But in going to school, she said that just being able to see people who had, did not know the Lord and what their life was like compared to hers, who had no no parents and kind of a sad background. She had much joy in her heart because she knew that she had God who loved her more than anyone and that she wanted to follow him. It's just amazing to see where God will take them, no matter where they came from. Mm-hmm. But God does, God does that work in our heart. We can't imagine um, with little children and how they're abused. And yet we can see God's hand on each one of them. Each one of them is he, like I say, keep coming back to, he heals their their broken heart and binds up their wounds. And only God can do that. Mm -hmm. I I love it. And I feel like that's when God takes, or because human nature, it's normal to say, why? Why is there suffering in the world? Why is there evil for these children Mm -hmm. to say, why, why, why? Mm -hmm. But when God can change it from why to what, you know, mm-hmm. what do you want me to do with this God? What, what, what purpose yeah. is this pain? How can it? And I, I, so that's why yeah. I just love the way that you've gotten to see kids go from why to what, and, and God gives them a plan. I mean, cause I love Jeremiah 29, 11, And of course that is preaching mm-hmm. to captives, you know, to yeah. Um, when they're in bondage and slavery. So they're in a bad situation, but God is still promising. I have a plan and a purpose for you, a plan to prosper you and not to harm you, <laughs> plans to give you a hope and a future. Uh, but, you know, when you call on me, you will find me. And I think sometimes, um, mm-hmm. you know, it does take time and it does take work yeah. and it does take mm-hmm. seeing him to see yes. the purpose. So I, I just love these testimonies. And again, we might never meet these children here on earth. No. This is why I <laughs> wanted them in heaven. You. Yes. And this is why heaven. I wanted you to share your story yeah. because in Samaritan's Purse, yeah. you know, Samaritan's Purse is all over the world and, and yes. doing some big high profile things. But this is one yeah. ministry that many may never know of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the impacts for kingdom work. And this is why I want people to hear you because these are the people that are loving these children and mm-hmm. introducing them to Christ and your life um, and your joy mm-hmm. is reflective of what God's done in your life. And then what you've seen him do in others. I think, I think with the volunteers, when they come to, it's such a wonderful thing to me to be able to watch 
Mm. They come and they want to, they want to help and they want to be a part of the children's life and they are. The children love it when they come. But, but for me, I get to watch as God does that work in their life. And that's, that's the permanent thing that happens. Like I say, I don't know lots of, of what's going on in people's lives, but after talking to them later to realize that God did that work, took them all the way to Asia mm -hmm. to get their attention, to let them know how much he loves them. He died for them mm -hmm. and he saved them. And he gets, he does that work in their hearts. That's permanent. And that's what they go home with. Mm -hmm. Like you say, when you were just that young, that young newlywed mm -hmm. bride with her husband and husband had been deployed and yet you came over and you allowed God to do that work in your life for whichever changed you. Mm -hmm. And yes, I got to be a part of it, Christy. And I'm so thankful that God did that great work in your heart. And mm -hmm. for that, I'm so thankful. When I look at you and Sissy and see where God is taking you and what you are doing, we talk about the mission field. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's, it's in foreign lands, but one of the, the greatest mission field is evangelizing our children. Mm -hmm. And I say that to young moms all the time. You have the greatest and the most important job in your life is evangelizing your children mm -hmm. and bringing them up in the in the truth of the Lord of the Lord Jesus. And so I'm I'm thankful. It doesn't matter where where we live or where we work. We just want to be found faithful in mm -hmm. saving and in serving the Lord wherever He places us. And and I always say to the people at Samaritan's Purse that that it's just a wonderful wonderful organization to be a part of. Because, yes, they're meeting many needs, but they're bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ, the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. I could spend hours with you, but as <laughs> you wrap up, that was a perfect segue. And so how can we be praying um, for your, for the baby's home and for the people of Thailand? Mm -hmm. But I think I love that Samaritan's Purse partners with, like you said, local churches. Yeah. You know? So how can we be praying for the people that you work with? Well, I think it all starts with each one of us, mm. each one of us as staff, that we would continue to grow in the Lord, to know him better so that we can pour those, those uh, biblical truths that we have learned mm. into the lives of our children. And then the children grow up and tell them you know, they're involved in their churches, they're involved in their communities and their universities or wherever God has them. And so we want to be a part of that. So more than anything is always pray that we'll be growing in the Lord. And also for our children that, that they would grow in the ways of the Lord and that all the days of their lives that they would walk with him. We'd love to say that every child that grows up in our ministry continues on with the Lord, but that isn't reality. Many of our children do not. And yet, Yet in that time, by praying and keeping our homes open and staying in contact and continuing to disciple and pray for them, we've seen many return to the Lord too. Mm -hmm. And in my life, I'm just, I'm just an ordinary woman with an extraordinary God mm -hmm. who's given me an extraordinary life. And for that, I'm thankful. And I'm so thankful for all the, the opportunities that God gives me. And I pray that I would continue to be bold. And to continue to point um, volunteers or visitors, point them towards the Lord Jesus Christ. 
you are not ordinary. You are just a giant <laughs> faith, um, honestly, and you have made a big impact. But um, but it because the reason you're so extraordinary in the faith is because you're so humble and reliant on the Lord. And I think, oh, yeah. um, so I just wanted people to hear from you and just to be encouraged wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you don't need yeah. to pack up and move overseas. I mean, unless I'm right. calling you. Yes, um, But I right. think being faithful in your own sphere um, is the starting point, you know, God, what do you want for me today? And I think I just learned so much from you, just God, <laughs> where do you want me? Am I where you want me? You know, I think like oh. I said, so often we just get complacent running our own life and not listening to God and where he wants us. And when I first went to Thailand, I wrote in front of the Bible, in front of my Bible that I would not be so busy doing a good thing hmm. that I'd be too busy for God. Hmm. And I make that a priority in my life is to always, always, always have that time for God, have that time to be in his word, to sit before him and let him guide and direct me in the things that he would want me to, to do with the children or with the staff. But more than, more than anything else is to be, be found faithful. I want, I want my life to please the Lord. Mm. That's, that's very important to me, the things that I do. And I, I want to be that woman has a heart for God Mm -hmm. and we can have that because that's God's will Mm -hmm. and he's so he's so loving and caring for us that he will Mm -hmm. he will do more than we ever expected in our lives so like I say we're ordinary women with an extraordinary God Mm -hmm. who loves us Mm -hmm. loves us so much that he gave us Jesus Mm -hmm. what a mighty God we serve I just love that God will do abundantly more than we can ask or think. He only needs a willing heart. We're honored to partner with people like Marg, people who truly die to themselves daily in order to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. It's been a joy to share one story out of the countless incredible people the ministry supports. I've recently been talking with a few more of these unsung heroes, and I'm excited to share their conversations with you in the coming months. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you have a blessed week.